Hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Midweek Metagame. I'm your host, Gabriel Nassif, joined by my one regular co-host, Canister. Hello, hello, just the two of us today. Yeah, just the two of us competing in Ghent this weekend, regional championship. App's gonna be all about modern. We're gonna get into the nitty gritty of our deck choice and our list. Uh, deck building decisions, etc. But before that, I'd like to remind you that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash metagame. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 an episode. Um, not a ton of perks, gonna be honest, but uh, you know, just if you like the content and you wanna keep us going, that, that always helps. We, we do it for free, we like to do it, but you know, um, nothing is really free in life. That being said, let's get into the episode. And uh, well, 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 RC this weekend. I'm leaving on Friday. I don't know, when are you uh, getting in again, Canister? Friday as well. Yeah, Friday as well. Deck lists are due 6 p.m. on Friday. I think we're both set on our deck choices. I'm not sure we're super in love with our deck i'm not sure if it's possible to be super in love with a modern deck right now there are some decks that do a bit better than the others but it stays marginal and knowing your deck inside out definitely uh makes up for you know picking up maybe a slightly better deck uh, win rate percentage wise so yeah to the surprise of no one canister what are you playing it is amulet titan so exactly what you said the deck familiarity in the end trumped it for me if you have listened to the last episode you know you recall me being deeply scarred by magus of the moon being everywhere and it hasn't really left but i i'm probably not like favored to fight through the maguses but i can dodge some of them and get lucky versus some some of them and i'm mean, say that i just committed so much time into and that I like so much that I will just praise myself and uh, hope for the best. What about your choice? Yeah, I'm just gonna be playing Team of Rhinos. It's the decks I've played the most recently. I played a decent bit of Omnath before that, but I was worried about time constraints. And I guess I'm deciding to put a decent amount of value on the fact that Rhinos is a fairly straightforward deck to play and fairly fast. You know, I thought Living End was fast in Barcelona and I still had some some rounds that almost went to time or went to time, you know, one or two against slow matchups like Omnath, but... Curious. It's... Yeah, <laughs> shocking. It's nice to know that I'm going to have time to, you know, take a little while on important decisions and there is something to be said, I guess, to having a little more time in between rounds when you're playing nine rounds on day one, long days... Uh, you know, when you're playing Magic Online, maybe you get a little break, even though us, we're usually streaming, so you get a bit less of a break. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I feel like it makes a difference. Have you already registered for the MTG Melee event? No, I have not. I could I could submit a list. I, I'm still going to probably torture myself until, you know, at least Thursday night, Friday morning on, you know, the last couple main deck slots, sideboard slots, try to 
talked about it was other Rhino players, but no, did you did you already submit your 75? Yes, I did. But also I asked that because when I did that yesterday, I think it was like shy of 800 people registered, uh, which is also what? gonna, yeah, 800, 800 people. I think it's like projected to be around 1000 players. That is my guess. Give would make sense given that there is still like two more days and some people are late to register, such as uh, such as you. Uh, so it is really gonna be like a nine rounds day one that with an event of this size could be pretty grueling because of course bigger event typically means longer rounds and uh, it dragging out for a little bit more. So stamina might. Uh, come into play and uh, mental fortitude is gonna be tested yeah i had no idea what was the biggest rc last year like 450 500 600 i think lil was around 600 players would need to check exactly and uh, pre previously they were smaller i think both athens naples and sofia were were smaller but somehow weirdly so progressively the rc's got uh, bigger i'm not exactly sure what is the reason for that but uh, yeah I'm not weird, Maybe weirdly it's a really big it. tournament now yeah weirdly it's a really big tournament right now so you know 1000 players 24 walk out with a pt invite right so that's kind of absurd one in 40 and i'm i'm really just going there for the, the top two the world slot so um yeah okay uh um yeah that's gonna be something thousand wow okay nice well as i said we're gonna get into you know kind of nitty-gritty this week of titan and rhinos so you know probably a little monologue coming from canister than myself uh maybe i'll have a few questions maybe you'll have a few questions but why don't you you know say everything you have and want to say about uh your deck choice, your list, some matchups, anything that comes to mind. Yeah, so Amulet being Amulet is pretty stock, pretty stock list, and by now all of the Amulet lists just don't have much space for, don't have much wiggle room when it comes to spells. So I've tried some unorthodox minor changes, like every now and then I've cut down Sounders back to three copies based on like some arcane uh logic uh that i have uh, developed but then eventually just came back to playing four and just bored out the one i want to cut sometimes same with dread of Willis and grove same with explore so pretty normal stuff for pact for grazer for dryad for titan for ring for amulet and then one cultivator colossus expedition map and two explorers uh, on top of that, 32 lands with the traditional Sun Home Kill. Uh, not going with the new Letiara Mirror Lake stuff that you see popping up in, in some lists. I've been watching your stream one one day last week, Gab, and <laughs> you've been truly confused and uh, mentally destroyed by your opponent fetching a Kessig Wolfran and Mirror Lake. In the game, yeah, so maybe there is some. Short, yeah, the little YouTube short explaining uh, what is going on there. Why don't you remind our listeners what that land does, real quick? 
Lithiara Miller Lake is a uncommon land from Kaldheim. Uh, it's a blue tap land, produces blue mana, but you can tap it, sacrifice it, and pay two blue GG to create a token copy of uh, any creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Or like you get a copy of anything and then you put a plus one plus one counter on it. So, in short, it's just like an alternative way to kill your opponent when you have two amulets in play. It's pretty minor, like you can swap your package from like Boros Garrison, Slayer Stronghold, Sun Home to Mirror Lake, Hanur Battlements and uh, Cassic Wolfram, but you could also like mix and match a little bit, there is some fluidity here, but like the advantages and the gains are pretty, pretty minimal, there is like almost like probably no net difference in win rate I had I have to guess and I just kind of know all the lines with Slayer Stronghold wouldn't want to you know throw an extra hurdle that I have to jump through by remembering the constraints and the benefits that come with the new kill that seems roughly the same in power just slightly different in execution right and in like some corner cases so I'm going with the traditional yeah. traditional one here. Um, while we're talking about main deck and card choices, you mentioned the spells. If you look at the list, as you said, it's almost everyone has the same like 20, 27 spells, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, all the four ofs, one Azusa, one Colossus, one map. And I'm assuming the difference comes down to the choices on the last two or three lands. Can you maybe tell us, you know, what you think the quote-unquote last two or three lands you 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 add, and maybe the first two or three you cut? You know, like which ones are like you're the most unsure of, uh, whether they should be in the deck or not in the deck. So the most, yeah, the lands I am least sure of are a copy of Crumbling Vestige, a copy of Ottawara, Soaring city basically those two uh, i'm currently only playing three mikosynth gardens which is a card i enjoy plenty and i want to play it to get access to double amulet kills often but uh, i also wanted to try crumbling vestige something I had to give so it was a gardens i liked vestige so far it opens some interesting lines <clears throat> it's not uh, that often that you tutor for it, but it but it's also just a solid land to draw, being a turn one green source and a semi bounce land when it untaps with amulet while still producing the mana from the trigger. So the crumbling vestige versus the fourth Mikosynth Gardens, pretty close to me. I could see swapping last minute uh, to one or the other. Not fully convinced on that, but also all things considered it's probably pretty minor and then Ottawara is a land I haven't played for for a long time but uh, it has enough niche use cases to be pretty solid overall and uh, you know like you start playing with, with Ottawara then you realize that if you cut your Ottawara you actually become like you can't beat Elish Norn ever 
uh, mother of machines because yeah. it stops your entire deck from working otherwise like you get to draw into your Otawara with your ring or you get to Tolara West for a for an Otawara and that is frequently enough to you know bounce bounce Elish and then you can just win against a Folklop deck <clears throat> while also then you realize that without Otawara in your deck you're also much worse against uh, effects like Stonebrain or your, on your Primeval Titan which maybe is not an intuitive thing to process but uh, when you have to rely on Cultivator Colossus having a second go with the Colossus can be actually pretty crucial against decks like Coffers or whoever else would like to bring Stonebrain against you. So Ottawara is probably not leaving my, my deck list <clears throat> I like it. What about Cavern of Souls? Is that one making the cut? No, no. I haven't been playing Cavern for a pretty lengthy time. Uh, I often have viewers come into my chat and ask me about Cavern and inquire me to, like, or like say that they would really like to play a few because of uh, Merktide, the deck. But if you think about it, it doesn't even actually match up all that well against the Merktide deck. Cavern has like one good matchup in the Merktide deck, that is the card Counterspell. While there is, you know, it doesn't, doesn't even happen every time, right? Uh, Counterspell can still counter the one ring and there is still subtlety, there is still the occasional dress down, even if that card is not popular nowadays. So. I just have swapped entirely to using Defense Grid as my counter interaction tool and I am playing the full playset in my sideboard right now because it's just been the tool that is the most effective, it covers just any kind of interaction well almost any kind of interaction, your opponent can still channel Bosedju for, for cheap which is problematic but it stops yeah. It casts the widest net on the <clears throat> problematic things that your opponent can use to interact with you. So this is what I've been liking the most. Yeah, I want to just go for your 15 sideboard cards. And, and talk about this a bit. Yes. <clears throat> so my sideboard is, as I said, a full playset of defense grid. Uh, three copies of Dismember, which is mostly there to respect Magus of the Moon. Not that I really want to play it, but just... It's it's there, like, I have to respect Magus to some extent. I'm, I'm just planning to draw into it with my ring in some of the games. I'm not even boarding out my sagas against Magus too often anymore, because... Uh, just sprinkle the dismembers on top of that. Two copies of Engine yeah. Explosives, which is a nod to Rhinos, mm -hmm. uh, which can be a tough matchup. And then I have six uh, Singletons. It is one Bojuka Bog and an Endurance, which is a pair of cards, uh, Graveyard Hate cards to respect Living End a little bit. I could see swapping the Endurance to a Tormod script actually. Last minute, I am still thinking about it. I have a copy of Cursed Totem, which uh, 
I'm not super in love with. Many amulet lists seem to play like three copies of Curse Totem even to fight against Yogmoth, but it's a little bit of a double-edged uh, sword. Sometimes you can overexpose yourself into force of vigor in that way. Yeah, so, it's a concept I've talked about a lot or we've talked where I don't like having a card in my sideboard that's kind of narrow for a specific matchup and that they're going to have answers to anyways. I mean, they're already, I think most lists play one Reclamation Sage, uh, might, but that doesn't work. And then I think they have three fourths of vigor, usually a stock list. Two or three, you're, yeah. You're using a sideboard slot that's only one matchup and that they actually have like an answer to that's two mana it's not even that cheap at least like a tornos crib didn't cost you any mana or um, yeah so, so so while i have my doubts to towards like going full on with with those totems i appreciated the single one and sometimes you get to uh, assemble a nice combo against yogmoth yogmoth frequently slows down in the amulet matchup and then Sometimes you play your totem with a Mikosynth Gardens untapped and two mana up to be able to copy your totem in response. And that actually locks them out pretty hard because then, you know, they can't really use a removal spell on it. And you tend to win those games in my experience. So I liked, uh, I liked one to have access to that. Then I have a copy of Radiant Fountain, which, uh, doesn't really have a particular matchup in mind, but post-board I have found that I enjoy gaining some life uh, from time to time, and uh, it's been overall useful to me. Can also up my land count if I trim on sagas. I said I don't do that often, but sometimes I still do a little bit. Uh, One copy of Spelunking survived in my sideboard. It is just an alternative ram spell to trim a grazer for when blo- grazer blocking is not too good and it also matches up pretty okay against force of vigor and all of that we have talked about it before uh, and last card is a fourth copy of boseju who endures i treat the fourth copy as just an anti-tron anti-mirror card uh, <coughs> To have at least something to bring to be able to cut one copy of the one ring which is not the greatest in those matchups yeah, uh, i wouldn't cheap. yeah and i wouldn't bring the four bosseju against decks that just plan to moon me like rhinos or like let's say like a scam list that doesn't have magus but like just two or three moons i probably wouldn't want the four bosseju either because i only want the fourth one when it is actively a good spell because the fourth one is a yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty bad land. So that is how my list looks at the moment. Very high likelihood that is not going to change much. That's going to stay that way. And that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah, a couple of cards I've seen inside where that you're not playing is gener- I guess Generous Ant is one that's been popping up. You're not interested in that kind of effect. To f- I'm assuming it's somewhat to fight Blood Moon. Yeah, I played Generous Ant for for a long time but then i actually thought about it and i realized that generous end has a good matchup against blood moon because against blood moon you need a forest to channel your boseju but it doesn't actually have a good matchup against magus of the moon which is the more popular moon effect right now 
so that just made me lower on the end and it's been like 16th or 17th or 18th yeah. in my sideboard so it uh, was cut because like you 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 know you you, you only need the forest to challenge your Boseju because you still need to remove the moon to actually win like winning through moon with with titan is really something that you can tell stories to your friends for months yeah. after that happens yeah. it's just not a plan yeah it doesn't seem like the kind of card you really tutor for but i guess it's a nice split card just to draw it seems a little marginal impact but i could see like it's nice in early game you get your basic force and then some of these games when when a player plays a blood moons it slows them down themselves sometimes sometimes they can't cast all their spells so I could see also just you draw it, you play five seven, gain a food, and just oh yeah, I I for sure cast it before. Like it's it certainly like yeah. comes up, but uh, it's more for the land cycling effect, and yeah. it's just like better than having a four forest in the sideboard would be. Yeah, I also saw that someone play Worm Call Engine against me the other day. I was a little puzzled because there's there's no way to get it it's just kind of like oh on a six drop i can cast against a blood moon i guess felt yeah. a little random but yeah yeah i like i've i've tried all of those cards i yeah i in general people tend to have vivid imaginations as to what they <laughs> can and cannot do and i think the sad truth is that magus of the moon like it not only cuts you off colors it also makes your utility lens not work so your deck is just like doesn't function on that fundamental level and then it also yeah. stone rains you multiple times because your bounce lands turn into mountains that produce one red so assembling six real lands six mountains in play it's not a trivial task it's it's pretty yeah. tricky you, you're frequently get magus and you're gonna have just i don't know two or three lands in play so you often struggle to cast the ring afterwards and but like you can't get there because four is manageable but six is just no not a fan of of that i think it's it's a nice dream to have but if you're honest with yourself you wouldn't want to go that route all right all right um do you want to talk about the matchups maybe against the top five six decks in the in, in the format probably six i guess scams footfalls yog murktide amlet titan and then living in maybe is every uh, deck that's going to be five or more percent a little bit close. but you know like the nature of the titan deck i have realized for for a while has been that it's mostly insanely good against the other part of the meta game it's really uh, amongst the decks in that section of the metagame it has matchups that are like 60 70 maybe even like 75 percent and it just feels like great what? like scales or tron or coffers no coffers probably less so or like hammer or burn those types of decks you just really just steamroll them and it's a pleasure to to play against those and you you walk out from those matches with a smile on your face but all of the top tier decks are a little bit tough at least so going yeah. up the, from the top first you said drag the scam 
expected to be the most popular yeah. probably and Gantz uh, it is not a favored matchup uh, I think it could be favored if Magus of the Moon wouldn't exist but again that's like wishing upon a star once again and just the Magus nail, nails it to to just be not a great matchup but uh, I have found a strategy that I am reasonably happy with which is to just keep my sagas always and try to beat the grief draws with them because they can discard your sagas so I get to beat the grief draws I get to I have to dodge magus I beat griefs and that's that's my plan but overall probably not uh, favored maybe I'm like I don't know 51% against an average scam player probably that's not even true but uh all right so classic trying to win game one and then dodge dodge the magus one of the sideboard games yeah 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 try to try to win game one and then try to win a single postpart game that is my mindset yeah. right now I, I've, I've had someone cast multiple i was i'm not even playing scam i was playing rhinos i've had someone cast multiple fire spots against me have you tried like anger of the gods fire spot these kind of Answers that kind of line up well because once you're Magus, you have red mana, and then the the scam deck has a lot of other two and three toughness creatures. So, did you ever try that? The sickest one I have seen is Crush the Weak. Do you even know what that card does? It's for it's a foretell card, right? Yeah, it's a foretell pyroclasm. Uh, it's three mana or one red if you yes. foretell it. Yes, and it, and it is, is a pyroclasm. It's two damage, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's two damage, Pyroclasm, but exactly. it exiles the creatures that it dealt damage to, so you cannot use the scam okay. tricks. But again, I prefer Maybe I to. I should play that in my uh, in my Rhino sideboard. <laughs> Maybe you should, but I I just prefer to play cards that are actually good and are actually castable because when you start playing those fire spell pyroclasm effects you end up like with cards that you actually can't cast if there is no magus in play so yeah. you're just I, i'm not willing so i'm not boarding out sagas in in the scam matchup because i'm not willing to make any sacrifices in the non-magus games yeah and then the sacrifice that i do for the magus games is to just add these members to my deck either cutting explore or not even doing that and presenting a 62 or 64 cards okay <laughs> so that's that is my way of tackling that right now i, I think just that's I, I think i just want to play to win rather than play not to lose i think the fire spouts are playing not to lose yeah, uh, I in my sample size on one that's what happened they they, they, they lived a bit longer but yeah exactly so like i don't i don't <laughs> i don't care about living a little bit longer if i still end up losing and uh, that's yeah that's why i choose that way uh, of uh, approaching that so next in line is crushing footfall so your deck of choice mm -hmm. it is also not a great matchup especially since 
ever since it uh, became a main deck subtlety deck. Subtlety really really painful card for Titan. Tishana State Binder is not as good, but it is still a card that interacts in a way that could be problematic, so it just kind of piles on and adds more cards. Uh, so again, against Rhinos, I think game one is not too bad. Game two becomes uh, it's not too it's not too not too bad, but also not too great either. And game two, Rhino decks tend to have a significant amount of hate, Blood Moons, Magus, Force of Vigor, maybe like even extra subtleties or Tishana State Binder sometimes. <clears throat> so. Changing my deck pretty significantly in there. By the way, my entire sideboard guide for the amulet deck that I will be using in Ghent is uh, actually available in my on my Twitch channel, on my Discord. So you don't even for everyone or just for the subs. You don't even need to be a subscriber to access it. Oh wow! But, but it's uh, for the people. Yeah, I, of course that would be appreciated if you if you find it of any value. Then I would appreciate uh, that. But uh, you can view all of my plans against the most popular decks there. So against Footfalls, I'm changing my deck significantly because I'm actually cutting sagas against Rhinos against them. Because the combined pressure from both moons and force of vigor is a little bit too too much, so trying to slow down a little bit and trying to deploy a defense grid and then tighten my opponent. Yeah, but certainly trying to win game one and then get one of the passport games. <laughs> so I, I'm really hoping I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lot of game one winning. Next in line comes. <laughs> comes Yogmov. Uh, Yogmov weirdly has been cited by many uh, players I talk with as a deck that is great against Titan, but also that doesn't logically make too much sense to me and uh, I haven't struggled too much while playing the matchup and against Yogmov I do feel slightly favored across the match. Of course, if they play a version that is splashing for a Magus of the Moon to court for calling or evolution for, then that it that does flip. Hopefully, I'm not gonna run into that. It's not too popular. I've seen Fulminator Mage show up in the main deck as a one of. Yeah, I've seen that a little bit too. I think it is a bit unreasonable to do that. So I'm hoping that people are not going to play a list like that, right? Because you know, you look at the metagame, like Titan at 5 or 6% on Goldfish and then maybe Tron at an extra percent or or two. But just so many yeah. so many decks that require you to play real cards, Scam, Yogmov, Rhinos, but... Mm -hmm. So I hope that everyone with their Fulminator Mage gets paired against Rhinos for the entire <laughs> tournament. That, that's I hope that's the... I hope they get kar karma serves them this way. Yeah. So uh, where do you think the discrepancy comes from? Like you feeling pretty good about that matchup, and then a lot of yacht players also feeling good about the matchup. Actually, there's something I, like counterintuitive you do that's, or it's just like cope. I don't know. Just. 
scale issue. So actually, like the most of the Yogmo of Destroy's Titan opinion is what I heard from Amulet players and not from Yogmoth players. So like I'm not exactly sure what is the running opinion in the Yogmoth communities. Maybe I should investigate that. So maybe that would clarify that issue a little bit. But uh, probably skill issue. I have to <laughs> guess. All right. So like I'm being slightly slightly favored against Yogmoth, Magtide Regent in the next spot. Uh, unconveniently also like lists lately showing up with Manic subtleties and then like up to three Magus of the Moon in the sideboard, which it is unfortunate that subtlety matches up pretty well against the turn one grief, so that just makes it meta share so much, so much bigger. Yeah, but uh, defense grid can do a lot of work in that matchup, and uh, I am putting my trust into <laughs> that card in post board games. Yeah, they don't have like super elegant answers uh, besides just having the the spell pierce or the spell snare. Mm -hmm. I've had people board Brotherhood's End against uh, Amulet, which can work in spots, but it can also be a really stupid looking card in your hand. So certainly has a range. So yes, I'm feeling like close to slightly behind against against Merktide. Although let's say close. I'm I'm feeling like 50% against Merktide. I'm feeling yeah. like 50 few percent against Yogmov and I'm feeling 45 against Scam and Drynus. And then right, so you're, well you're maybe for others others and Yog basically. Yeah. Mostly for others. It's just Mostly for others, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right. it, it, in a way, like, it's good that this is going to be a thousand-player tournament, I feel like, because with the bigger size, the older category typically will grow. I'm not even sure if that's true, but I'm coping you know that mean, it like, is true. The more players mean that it's like bunch of players that maybe don't play a ton of modern they qualified otherwise and they're just gonna pick one of the yeah top four decks well yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rough it's rough i'm taking any mental advantage i can i can grasp onto in in anticipation of the tournament so don't ruin it for me gap well not non-specialist might be tough i feel like titan is tough to play against because thing one thing i do and that maybe cost me percentage point is that i just always assume they're gonna have it and the the titan side a lot of time doesn't have it um i don't know if you can confirm that no i i always have it if you, you if you play against it. me i i always have it <laughs> okay but uh yeah um it's it's kind of Cause like it's such a special deck that does like insanely powerful things but that has also a lot of air and i feel like maybe as magic players our brains are not really um it's, it's just too complicated too many decision or pos possibility trees 
Whereas when you're playing, I don't know, against Omnath, it's like, oh, if they have Solitude there, it's bad for me, or they have Omnath there, it's bad. You know, it's like one card, or mm-hmm. you know, it's... Whereas against Titan, is like, okay, if they have a Ram spell and a Pact or a Titan, it's like, and then, I, I don't know. It's, so I feel like it can, it can maybe be easy to... To make to make the wrong play against against Titan. Certainly, I'm hoping that like my my experience with Titan and maybe like some some of that will come into play and help me out yeah. a little bit. But it, well, yeah, certainly it is it is not does not play like a normal Magic the Gathering game deck. It doesn't play normal Magic yeah. the Gathering games. What what about lengths of round when you're playing Titan? Because obviously in in paper there's these crazy. Oh, not on paper, on Magic Online, that this crazy annoying spot for the Titan player was um, specifically Colossus and Amulet, where you literally have like 20 triggers that I think you have to click one by one. There's no way to like make it go fast. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are rounds usually long in paper too, compared to an average deck? Or No, they're pretty fast. I, I don't think I like often go to time. I typically finish pretty fast with this. Resolving Titans, resolving Colossus, like you get to shortcuts on the combo turns pretty, yeah, pretty significantly. I often just grab my deck and I say, okay, I search for a stronghold and and uh, Garrison. I haste my Titan. I fetch those two lands by attack. Yeah, yeah, and the, 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 the Colossus spot. I think Colossus spot sometimes takes me up in like three minutes, four minutes on Magic Online too. Mr. Beast is a challenge on on Modo, but IRL you just you know yeah. you don't you don't even have to like draw the lens one by one. Like let's say you have yeah. a Colossus with five lens in hand, you just like put five lens into play, put draw five, five, draw five, and then put three, the... draw three, put one, draw one, mm-hmm. finish, untap, add mana, yeah. untap, bounce three lens, and then it's over. And also th- like that's All the fun right. that's the fun part. The Colossus. Like when you are resolving the Colossus, that's that means that the game has reached a fun state of just going through the motions and cultivating all over your opponents. Um, I I want to be in that spot the most yeah. amount of times possible this weekend. <laughs> For sure. All right. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh regarding titan or the meta or the tournament your expectations Mm. i don't know anything so i'm thinking that i still because of the unusual scheduling this time around i will still have the pro tour to uh shine in and uh, qualify for the next pt right because this this in ghent we are fighting for PT, I think it is Seattle, Thunder yeah, Junction. Seattle at the end of April. Yeah, you already qualified in Lille with, with Phoenix. Uh, you qualified for Chicago. That's in a month. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you, so you're saying you have a little less pressure? Well, I'm saying that normally the other, like, yeah, I'll, I'll still have a chance to perform well in Chicago to qualify for yeah. the Thunder Junction. And also, like, it is just so big like as you said like one in 40 players gets the qualification it's just a lot of people so realistically the odds of getting there are not in my favor even if there was less magus of the moon than expected so 
I'm just gonna, you know, go there, play my best, uh, have fun, hopefully, and uh, have a nice trip, and hopefully I'll, I'll get the top 24 or even the world slot, but realistically, yeah. we will see. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit in the same mindset, except I have the luxury to already qualify for every pro tour this year, so... I'm going because it's been a while. I wanted to, you know, once in a while play a live tournament. I like staying at home, but um, Modern's kind of a cold format. I, I enjoy it. It's, um, you know, it, it sounds stupid, but I'm kind of going for like the chance at a top two qualifying me for Worlds. Uh, I'm playing for that in the money since I already have the, the, the PT slot. So that I, I try not to take it you know, not to put too much pressure and not to stress as much as I would about a usual tournament. Um, but you, you know, you still want to do well. And yeah, I'm going to play team of rhinos. I don't love my deck choice. If you look at, I mean, that's mostly based on, on the win rates that have been published ever since magic online started releasing more data. Uh -huh. Um, you know, Yog, I think Yog scam and Titan have been at the top, maybe scales too. But I've I've spent a lot of time playing Team of Rhinos and I feel okay about the deck, okay about my list. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna go through through my choices. Uh, there's all the list looks fairly similar. There's a few differences here and there. I'm gonna play 22 lands. Um, the list varies from 21 land and three or four lore unrevealed to either 21 or 22 lands, either three or four Lorien revealed. I'm playing 22 and four. Um, maybe maybe it's one too many lands, but, um, you know, I've, I've been happy with it. I'm playing the one gemstone cavern, the two mutavolts, the, the two islands, one forest, one mountain, uh, one of each shock land, one triome, nine fetch lands, and a Basaju and auto warming deck. And, um, you know, eight Cascade spells, four Footfalls, four Fire Ice, which I think are like the locks for me. As that's like mandatory four ofs. And I've, I think even Force of Negation is not necessarily a mandatory four of. I think I'm going to cave to like kind of peer pressure and just play four Force of Negation. Mm -hmm. uh, it, because it's, it's a, a fine game one card. And it, it, it does some uh, a little bit against everyone, but I kind of want to play more spot removal. I guess that's that's what the, the trend for me has been keeping adding removal spells. You know, the, the stock list kind of played for Dead Gone for Fire Ice. I'm playing four of each right now and I have an extra Dismember in the main and an extra Bone Crusher in the main. Um, mm. To your delight, I'm down to two subtlety. So I'm, I'm kind of a a canister plant because i'm down to two subtlety in the main i don't have a third one in the sideboard i've i've no force of vigors in my sideboard right now so uh, i'm trying to help you out here holy guacamole not sure people will f yeah i'm not sure people will follow thank you very um, much Gab. yeah right now I have, yeah right now i have the 10 spot removal spells i have four force two subtleties i have two tide binder main and three flame of Ainer main could go the other way around um 
I'm not sure, honestly. There's just so many small decisions you can make. Uh, feels like it's all maybe more straightforward for you. Uh, but uh, if you look at Rhino's list, almost everyone has like at least a couple of cards difference. Add the one Murktide in the main. I've seen people play none. I've seen people play two in the main. The, the first one's usually pretty easy to cast. Um, one thing that take me, I saw a list, I think that had two Murktide, but only three Lorien revealed, which I'm already kind of anti only three Lorien revealed, but especially when you're playing two Murktides in your list, that's like one of the best cards to to get a first Murktide. So that was that one was a little weird to me. That is indeed pretty um, awkward. One of the best yeah, spells to I, delve away if you're a regent. Yeah. Uh, part of me wants to just go down to free for some negation in the main and just add a second dismember or second bone crusher giant help help a bit the scam matchup um you know you were talking about you hope people do the reasonable thing and don't play fulminator mage in the main deck when it's a pretty terrible card against the four most played decks mm -hmm. um and you know i'm kind of trying to be i guess one of these reasonable peoples and i look at the four top decks and it's Scam, Footfalls, Yug, and Murktide, and Force of Negation just not that great against these decks. It's I guess yeah. it's pretty good in the mirror. I think the like the difference here is would would be that like Force of Negation is just like a generally great card in in the Rhino stack, so you can kind of keep it on the on that basis. It kind of sounds similar to like when I was trying to trim trim a Pact from my main deck or trim a Dryad from my main deck, and then. Uh, in the end, I kind of just realized that what I actually want to do is I just want to board out the Dryad in some matchups, and that achieves like 80% of what uh, cutting the Dryad entirely would. So it just makes more sense to board down on it in like a specific matchup, but I hadn't previously realized that I wanted to cut the trim down on it in, in a given matchup, for example. Yeah, so. that's fair. It is a free card. You know, even against scams, sometimes it can be game-winning to counter just a Thoughtseize, even though you're two for one in yourself against a discard deck. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the only discard spell they have, and if that means getting two Rhinos on turn three, that, that can be huge. Um, and you want that, you know, in these Cascade decks, you want usually, ideally, like, two interactive spells before you cast your Cascade, whether it's removal or force or subtlety. You want, you want a bit of, of that effect, but... Um, if I'm cutting the force force to add a second dismember, that's a bit, you know, it's it's also a card that's good against does something against everyone, and it's also very cheap, not free, but one colorless mana is is pretty close to that, and it is like the best card against Yog. It's really good against Shredder, which is a scary card if that's what the Murktide players play. Um, it's always nice to have max answer to Ragavan. It's it's a decent top deck against Grief, or it, it adds to your outs to have the doubled one mana removal spell. Turn one, you know, if you have one one red up and you have a dead gone and a dismember, they can't Grief scam you as easily, or they, they can't really do it. So I think there's 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 a possibility where you know not playing four force is correct. The, 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 the one of the downsides is that's less blue card so it might make for awkward hands where you're, you're missing a blue card to pitch subtlety or vice versa you know when you draw two force of negations it's usually the the card you pitch is the second force so 
So I guess you like, would you cut the force entirely or would you just move it to your sideboard? Did you have? I think I would just cut it entirely because after sideboard you get cards like Dispute and more Tide Binders, which mm -hmm. do a bit of the same against force. And I there's, there's not that many matchups where I want for force. I even saw someone tweet, I don't know if they were trolling or was what I was about, but someone said that force of negation was not good against rhinos. Uh, maybe I'd, I'd have to, to go like in the and middle. See and... Yeah, I, I've played very few mirror. I mean, I'm assuming force of negation is really good in the mirror or, you know, one of your best cards, but it can be pretty awkward. Uh, like I haven't played mirror mirrors of rhinos too much, but I have played living end on rhinos quite, quite a lot and like typically resolving uh, a living end against like living end is pretty good against against rhinos partially because resolving the living end is actually not too hard because of how the like restriction the force overlaps versus outbursts yeah. it's like pretty easy to find a spot to to resolve it and then you typically win so the by extension yeah, of that I logic i could see force of negation not shining in the mirror match but I also have one yeah. more thing to mention here, namely, so like if you strongly believe that, then you should trust yourself in, in, in that choice, I think. Like I've been, well, Rhinos is a modern deck, so like it is, pop, it is also a popular modern deck, so there's plenty of people who play that, but even then, like giving to the wisdom of the crowd that just always plays the same like build always says has bitten me many times like specifically when i played legacy with reanimator and like mm -hmm. i played reanimator with huge gaps in between so like i drop it and i want to play a little bit again and i look up the recently performing lists and I'm like, oh, so I guess the tech I was trying, like, that made a lot of sense. For example, like playing Bowmasters in Reanimator didn't, didn't, didn't catch on because it's probably bad. I guess people probably pr yeah. probably tried it, and then like, it just turned out that nobody did, and like nobody did try it properly, and it actually felt much better for me to play Bowmasters in that deck. So just sometimes you have to make be the change that you want to make so i support your triple force of negation rhinos movement yeah yeah i mean if if i'm not gonna do it now when you know i haven't played hundreds of games with the deck but i've put a lot of thought into it i've played a bunch of leagues and challenges i guess if, if i'm not gonna do it now when am i gonna do it so all right maybe maybe i will uh yeah, I'm gonna show up with like one, two for some negation in my main, and like two dismember, yeah. two bone crusher, just infinite removal. Yeah, and then you're gonna oh. you're gonna get the top two. You're gonna qualify for worlds. You're gonna just show the world, and they'd be like, "Holy yeah. guacamole! We didn't realize how stuck in our ways we were playing force of negation in rhinos." Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, bone crusher helps a bit against the ring and. If you don't have the force for rhinos, maybe you'll have a dead plus a stomp to kill one of the rhinos, and then you play the bone crusher. I don't know; it's all slow, but um, yeah. About the the force of negation versus living in, I think it's a little different because 
if they resolve one living end, you basically lose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, true, if your true. first force of negation doesn't work, it, it's just the game's over. It doesn't matter anymore. Whereas against Rhinos, I haven't played a ton, but I'm assuming there's at least a few games where, you know, maybe you trade a couple of Rhinos and then you get to use your force down the line. Because um, obviously the, the scenario is like they're on the play, they outburst in your upkeep on the third turn. And you, you can't force because you have two mana, it's in your turn, and it's your turn. So, um, sure, that, that spot exists, but certainly the, the, the games do go a little longer. For, for um, sure, it takes more crushing footfalls resolving to finish a Rhino's mirror than it takes living ends resolving yeah. to finish a Rhino player. Yeah. For sure, and like, it's it, greater yeah. than one footfalls. Yeah, against Yug Force, it's it's probably like the worst matchup out of the five all the most played decks because they they don't even have evolution anymore really, and it's really hard to get a cord. It's you know that's the one thing they have to play around when they have cords. So um, that one's tough. Against against Merktide, you know maybe you you force the Rhinos early. Uh, forcing an iteration is I think a, a pretty solid play usually. So. And against Titan, obviously there's the ring and packs and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's like that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. How how much should I push? Um, you know, as far as cheap cheap removals go, so, because I do feel that like that's what most of the top decks are about. Um, Dismember also kills a drive for one mana, which. I don't know how impactful it is to, to kill a Dryad once they've already got on the land drop, but surely it's it's not nothing. So that's that's my main deck. That's where I'm at, um, what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, cards that I probably will not play are, you know, Brazen Bar, I guess, is a card that, that shows up a bit in the main. And I don't think I'm going to main deck any Disputes either. Um, I don't think Murktide has been doing especially well even even footfalls i actually haven't that's probably just variants but i've played like almost no mirror in the past few weeks of of, of footfalls i have played a lot against mark though um it's always pretty hard to yeah. play against any single individual deck online yeah when you want to yeah, try a good, out a new yeah. card yeah it's a good old like you'll be streaming and someone's like oh what about a tron matchup and i'll be like I haven't played against Tron in like 20 matches or 30 matches or and then they'll be oh I played against it like three times in my last league and so yeah there's, oftentimes there's it also takes form of a card acting as a lucky charm was uh, the first time I put curse totem into my amulet deck I think I played like four prelims or five problems before running into a single Yogmoth player, so <laughs> so you know a question yeah, often you, you... pops up: Is the curse totem any good, brother? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't had an opportunity to actually verify that at all. Just yeah, yet. I, had, I had the one Urtice scoring in my sideboard for a while, and the the one that only costs a blue and one if they played two or more spells, and people kept asking me, and I was like, I literally have haven't gotten paired against a single Cascade deck. Uh, ever since i added the card so um, yeah that happens to, even though i will say now we have we have uh access to data we we gave a shout out to uh yanael the other day um in our last podcast i guess we could we could uh or uh, yeah i'm trying not to put sure 
No, that's still not it. All right, Anahel Yahi. So it's at Anahel Yahi and A N A E L Y A H I. And they've been, uh, uh, you know, using the data that we have to um, give uh, give win rates for 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 modern decks and and every format, standard, modern, pioneer. So really, really cool work they're doing. Um, I think the last one. Uh, it's called Evolution of the Win Rate Week After Week of the Most Present Modern Archetypes. I think that's um, since the since the bans. And you have, uh, I think you have Living In and Scales recently at the top, which I hope people won't show up with too much Living In because that's, that's, that's a bad matchup for me. But anyway, check, check, check out their Twitter account if that's something you're interested in. Um, as far as my sideboard goes, Right now, I have Tidebinder in number three and four. I have three disputes. I used to have two disputes and that one scorn. I talked to a French player online the other day, to my Michon, I got paired against him, and he told me the, the scorn had been kind of clunky for him. And he said, you know, maybe it just a third dispute was, was better, which also helps against Shredder and Merktide in general. So probably going to do that. Also, right now, overall, a better card, right? Yeah, better magic card, more more tested than than Scorn. Um, I will the the one time I drew Scorn in a Cascade Mirror, it was a dispute. It acted as a dispute. I had two mana up. I was able to counter a spell for two mana, but it was a blue spell. So if I had dispute, it would have been the same thing. So my my, my very small sample size is inconclusive, I guess. Um, I have free Brotherhoods in right now. The plan is uh, for plan is to bring them in against scam all of them um and obviously it's a 10 out of 10 against scales which is a tough matchup you're definitely not favored game one and you've got some catching up to do um i'm not sure how many i'm gonna bring in against yog uh, i don't think the card's probably amazing against yog but probably serviceable so two or three um, i have right now three magus of the moon but someone mentioned that uh, maybe an open deck list. It was nice to have a two Magus, one Blood Moon split to yes, make yes. their life a little trickier. Very nice. Very, very good with open <laughs> deck list. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I guess it's you say that because it's worse against Titan because you're keeping free Basajus in anyways. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe against a four, you know, four color Elmaf, these kind of decks. There's a few decks that care a little less about the 2-2 two, two that can kill it was a bolt or a fire ice and uh, care a little more about blood moon and um, you know force them to to respect that so we'll see my logic was that was the evolution of of uh, the sideboard stride of titan you know these defense grid i wanted to maximize my chances of going turn three magus have a wizard into turn four flame get rid of you know, defense grade and a dryad or defense grade draw two cards. So that that's my logic. I, I will say in a matchup like scales, I think my plan or you know saga decks in general, my plan is to only bring in two two magus against I guess against scales specifically, because I think free is overkill. And so that's another reason to do only two magus and, and then have the one blood moon. Um, then I have two endurance only right now. I think living is probably a tough matchup either way. And I like the first couple endurance in a bunch of matchups, you know, random control deck, creativity, um, Merktide. 
I've heard the card's not like super amazing against Merktide from some players. Others have said it's quite good. Um, my, my, my experience with Endurance against Merktide is mixed. So sometimes it's nice, but a lot of time they'll just have Unholy that they're ready and you slow them down a bit, but it's not like insane or anything against them. Same, like and it's it's a card I have often heard praise of against Merktide, just historically overall, but like the matchup is really inconsistent. The matchup of yeah. Endurance versus that deck. Yeah, and obviously if you draw it after the cast Merktide, it's a break, but I guess you could argue that there's not much that might save you if they have a huge Merktide already, so... Yeah. Well, I've then I have to. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, I for sure you can have a better card than in in that situation, yeah. right? Like, like yeah, like force, a brazen bore or force of negation probably would be better because it would increase your likelihood of protecting your interaction spell on the Merktide regent, or like you know stuff like that. Yeah. So which makes the matchup of endurance versus Merktide a bit inconsistent and uh not not a particularly great top deck which which is a bit awkward always yeah so i think you know i'm just gonna you're hoping not to get paired against too many maguses i'm hoping to not get paired against too many living end players um then i have flame number four once again i'm not sure if it's going to be two flame main into the in the sideboard and Free tide binder maids. I was also considering just one Brotherhoods then in, in the main over a flame. I've seen lists do that. And, you know, I'm like, why not? That card's fairly versatile. It's good against Cam. It's surely serviceable against Yogg and maybe Merc. And, um, I don't know against Titan how often it's, it comes up that they're going to have like an Amulet and maybe copied one was was the land or just drew too naturally and have them sitting out there and my brotherhood's and it's actually going to be impactful well i can sweep grids i think that would be the reason to to play that card more no, so after but... yeah after sideboard i was thinking like if i have one in the main deck is it going to be you know in card i'm happy to draw uh, or it's going to be like worse than average it's probably going to be worse than average i have to imagine but also the average yeah. rhinos card is uh is very strong so yeah and then last card is second Buseju. Uh, no force of vigor. I just have liked Buseju as a two mana removal spell um, against against Titan. It's really nice to hit their their bounce land on turn two. You don't have a ton of you have a lot of good cards against them starting on turn three, but in the first two turns you've got almost nothing, and that can be the easily be the difference between winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Getting their, their their first bounce land, slowing down their ring, just slowing them down in general, and it's nice to have that extra land that you can swap for gemstone cavern when you're on the play. Uh, all these almost every deck is gonna have chalice against you or something something along these lines. So, um, so you yeah, said that's where zero force of vigor, right? Yeah, right now I have zero force and. I mean, it's a bit what you said, you know, it's like, okay, Titan is a scary deck and it's a good deck, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, not a huge, you know, it's 7% online and I would assume maybe a little less in paper. I don't know why why that would be the case, but I just feel like that's usually the case. Um, maybe it's just... I, f- I think it typically is less, yeah, so, but we'll see. Yeah. 
but yeah, in that case, I am not cutting my sagas against you, so I'll have to make an extra column along in, in my cyborg guide next to Rhinos. Is you, gonna you be you would not even trim like one or two against someone who's free me, I guess. On the play, I will keep them. I'll think. Plus, I have free brotherhoods, and I might, I might have to like, I might have too many bad cards, and I might have like a brotherhoods in or two, so maybe it's maybe saga still like unexciting. Yeah. Uh, well, on the play, I'll probably keep them against you, so I'll have an extra column for yellow hat rhinos on the play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what's cool about open decklist, right? I love the little like tweaks and adjustments you can make to sideboarding uh, when you have the exact list. Yeah, it is nice. I feel like that's, you know, sure, open decklist is not perfect, and it disadvantages people who, who bring homebrews and, you know, arguably people who are very well prepared and know every stock list and stuff, but it does have some yeah cool, it's still it's still upsides. you know it still changes stuff when it is actually like full face up it just makes it so that i will never have a stray dismember against a person who might have magus in my deck which yeah. is going to ruin my draw while they didn't even have it speaking of do you think open necklace is an advantage or a disadvantage for titan players i tend to think that it mostly just cancels out and mostly benefits the better players but i have mostly heard the argument that interactive decks would get like better but i'm not like i don't know it's pretty pretty hard and i tend not to try to think about it too hard because i see little actual benefit in like discovering that mystery or rather i will not discover who does it actually favor but if it does favor a person i think it's by a very small margin so there is not much to be gained uh, there and uh, i would i need to exert a lot of mental energy yeah. to to get to that so you know certainly you would think that the interactive decks are the ones that get stronger in the open decklist environment on the surface level because you're like oh i guess i know whether i should mulligan my hand with solitude or keep it but yeah. then i've also playing titan had plenty of hands where i mulligan to six and i have to decide if i want to put back a grazer or an extra land or an explorer and it just yeah. changes entirely like if my opponent is not playing ragavan i don't want that grazer if my opponent is playing ragavan i definitely do so yeah it can change like like even proactive decks will have matchup specific hands and exact lineups so yeah and, and some decks gain game one and then other decks gain after sideboard knowing exactly like mm -hmm. what they're up against and what hate they're up against I, I think i agree in general you know the the reactive argument is valid uh, i was talking to matthias ritzi and he was kind of banking on that i think he's gonna play murktide and he said that he think it's a pretty big deal for a deck like Murktide to uh, to to have open decklist and know mm. what you're up against. And I feel like it's fair. Like if you look at the the top six decks, they're all besides Murktide, they're all like pretty not goldfishy always, but they kind of have their plan and they're probably not mulliganing a ton depending on what they're up against. You know, um, there's there's not much, you know. Well, I, I just I just think it can't really be a 
big deal but i guess we would yeah. have to, des to define what's yeah. big and what's not big and yeah. i think overall it is open decklist is gonna fav like it's more information present it's probably going to fa favor the player who's gonna be better at processing that information so yeah. better so like the better player like sh shortcutting that way so that's yeah. that's I what i think about that yeah that's interesting because a lot of time people will say oh it favors the less prepared players because they get to catch up a bit and maybe they're not fully aware of what the stock list look like and now they get to see the the list but at the same time are these players going to be able to process what it means if they haven't gotten the reps and stuff so yeah it's you can see you can see kind of arguments from both sides the range of things that people can do with the information is certainly wild and sometimes they're like I don't know. I think there can be players unprepared enough that would be hurt by <laughs> seeing the decklist yeah. of their opponent and then... Yeah, there's the theory of what's possible and what you're supposed to do and what you can do and then there's the practice of, you know, yeah, what you're able to do in-game. It reminds me of when I when I played at the RC and in Lille and... Uh, I was playing Phoenix. My opponent was playing Mono White. It was deep into into day one, and uh, after the the match, like they pull out the card they sideboarded, which is Raiden, and and they are like, yeah, it makes your devs cost cost more, right? It's pretty good. Like they're, they're asking me, not knowing, and I yeah. said, and you know, to me, like obviously Raiden is not good, not the angle at all in my mind to to approach that matchup so just the range is yeah because it's so inefficient against fire impulse and axe yeah 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 and like yeah and it's funny i saw you sideboard against phoenix the other day you were playing amalia and you didn't bring in ray dane and i was like on the fence i was like sure it sucks against removal but at the same time it's like no wait no it wasn't right no it was archon of emeria archon of emeria i was yeah. surprised you didn't bring in against phoenix even though I, I knew why you i knew why you didn't do it i was like wondering if it was right or not it's because it's a free mana creature that trades inefficiently with removal spells, which is what yeah. the Phoenix deck is doing anyways. And those removal spells include free damage sweepers. So Archon oh, actually yeah, matches up top, yeah, that's, extremely yeah, poorly against those. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyways, uh, I guess back. So let's let's do what we did for for Titan and go. Well, what I was thinking about the matchups, you know, against mm -hmm. Ragdos Cam. Um, I'm guessing it's just really close, you know. Uh, I don't think Rhinos is really favored. It's really hard to say because the games are usually kind of lopsided. It, it comes down to like your opening hands, your first few draw steps, and some some games it makes it makes it look really easy for the Rhino matchup, the Rhino side. Some games it it looks really easy for the Scam side. So, um, you know, just think it's mostly gonna be a coin flip i do think like you know adding dismember and bone crusher will hopefully help me a bit and i might go even in further in that direction my plan is to just bring in tide binders and brotherhood zen cut the force of negation uh, I, i'm not sure between like you know the the subtleties and the extra tide binders which one which one is better in this matchup um so i guess i'll have to to figure that out but 
yeah, I think just pretty, pretty close matchup overall. Um, even though in theory it should be like it used to be Rhino's favored and both both sides lost Fury and I think the Furies used to be better for Scam than for the Rhino side. So in theory things should have gotten better for for Rhinos, but uh, once again I, I think the, the the data slightly favors Rhino lately, but it's it's hard to to get a feel because yeah some some matches I I, I too easily and then. The next match to just have everything and i feel like it's just not a good matchup um mirror is mirror i guess then yog that's the matchup i feel pretty good about i beat it three times in the the challenge i top aided on sunday so that was cool um just obviously every extra dismember helps in, in this matchup subtlety is is fine against them but i'd, I'd obviously rather have um extra dismembers um once again my plan is to just board out all the force and maybe maybe like merc tides and and bring in like tide binders extra flame some brotherhoods and um yeah that's i hope i hope yog is is very popular i feel like out of the 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 six most played decks it's it's probably my best matchup um, obviously, it's always possible I've been running good, but I think the, the data backs that up. Then you have Murktide, which I haven't played a ton against. Um, Shredder can be a little scary. Just just kind of, I think, tough and close matchup in general. Um, I've seen Ritzy play a lot against Rhinos, and maybe it's, I don't know, sometimes he, he seems like he wins and he's doing fine, and then next next Rhino deck he plays against, he, he just gets 2 out so... Um, yeah, just, um, I feel like I, a little like you, you know, just, I, I don't know. I feel like modern is a lot of, uh, close matchups, whereas pioneer is maybe a little more tiny bit more polarized with, with decks like Lotus field and the, the, the fires deck. And you have like kind of, you know, pure control decks too, which you don't really have in in modern i was i was about to bring that up yeah i think most of the matchups between the top decks and and modern are kind of close so yeah. it makes it makes sense that in most of them you're like yeah like it's sometimes good sometimes bad like hard to make out sometimes they they stomp me sometimes i stomp them yeah um next titan i uh, haven't played that matchup a ton uh, you know i think they're almost definitely favored game one, um, especially since I only have two subtleties and and two tight binders. But after sideboard, I'm gonna have like you know not not trim on blood moon effects. I don't have the force of vigor, um, but you know as I said, I wanted to give more priority to the four most played decks because because they're also so. I mean, if you look at MTG Goldfish, anyways, it's like. 14% for Scam, 13 Rhino, 11 Yogg, 10 Merc, and then there is a drop-up. There's like a 3% drop-up to Titan, mm -hmm. um, down to 7, so... Yeah, not sure if that yeah, is, guess... deserves the third Magus, even. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just just hoping to, to, to Magus into Flame. Um, just don't mind playing a slower game against them and 
you kind of have with with four tide binders as long as you can keep defense grade off the board you have you have answers to uh to everything they do the the question like i guess brotherhood's in is a card that i need to figure out how, how good it's it's going to be in matchup yakiog or titan how many i want uh, in these matchups but um yeah and then living in i guess is just hoping not to get paired against it um I might do some things as desperate as bring in Magus of the Moon against Living In, especially on the play. Uh, maybe try and get them that way. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I played I played Cascade deck in last PT uh, Living End. Uh, now I'm playing another Cascade deck. I've also been uh, trying the the other the, Cascade the, deck. Yeah, the other Cascade deck, I guess gonna mention that real quick i've played a couple leagues you know i put a, a bit of time thinking about the deck and i played restore balance in a couple leagues i went two free and free two but i will say it was like kind of good two free and a free two in, in some ways i felt like the matches i was winning is like doing okay and then the ones i was losing is getting a, a, a good but... two free sure that, that does easy. sound like the like the meme of the nasi 5-0 right once again <laughs> the yeah, good to free yeah. it's uh i didn't get forced a bigger that many times and i did i think i did win a game where i got forced a bigger because the, the way i'm building the deck is i'm relying on the the border post from i don't even know what the name of that set is but it's, Alara. it's the alara the freeman artifacts that you can cast for one by bouncing a basic so what it does it, it your mana sources are artifacts and not land so when you balance resort balance uh, hopefully you you know I have very few lands in play. I also do have Gargadon. So yeah, that's that's been a fun little deck. Uh, you know, there's there's like a non-zero chance I end up registering Desperate again. I'm probably gonna play it. You know, another league or two. Uh, Let's so. go, Gab. I, I as I said, you need to trust into in yourself, and you. <laughs> if if not um, you, then there's gonna be no one registering Grister Balance at this tournament. So. It's oh, maybe, your, it's maybe, your I hooked, maybe I hooked one player. Maybe one player saw that and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I don't really like my modern deck, anyways." Uh, why not? Uh, um, but yeah, just a uh, fun little deck. If if you're interested, I guess go, go check out my VODs or or my stream. I'm not gonna go into too many details, but it is cool. You get you get to play twelve Cascade spells. You have like four force for subtlety, the blue border post. You know, also pitch to to the free cards and yeah, my win cons are just four Gargadons, four Teferi Time Raveler, quote unquote, and then Charles Agent and Subtlety. Just usually once you've balanced them once or twice and uh, you know cr kind of crippled them, you should be okay. Just winning was kind of whatever. Um, and then sideboard has you know a bunch of disputes, bunch of Prismar Command and Force of Bigger and whatnot. But yeah, I'll probably. You know, spend a tiny bit more time on that deck. See if, see if it's any good. Um, I, you've just been focused on Titan pretty much for for modern. Yeah, I've yeah. I've had a little bit of a detour when played two prelims with Scam. Uh, after having a Magus of the Moon and do his mental breakdown during the last episode of midweek meta game, but yeah, I I circled back to. You. Yeah, yeah, I heard a rumor that he was you were just gonna play scam, but uh, I don't know. It lasted for thirty six hours. 
Okay. Yeah, and and you've been playing a little Pioneer. I think we'll talk about Pioneer. Uh, maybe maybe next set they'll be what in two about two weeks, and I guess the full spoilers will be the preview weekend is what the sixth. I think the weekend of the sixth. So we should get the cards on Magic Online on the ninth or tenth, right? I think. Let me check. I have that. Oh wait, noted. no, that's not February. I was looking at January. I'm not sure when the preview weekend is. I think the cards will be online on 6th of February. Okay, so preview weekend is 3-4? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I mean, there's a PD that's all this awkward. I'm like, really, I don't want to say too much. I know you care a little less, but maybe now that I don't know what your deal is, your testing team, maybe you got to mm. be more on the secretive side, so... We'll definitely talk about Pioneer, but maybe not not go into the like super super specifics, or maybe talk about the draft sets. Um, yeah, I'll I'll be drafting a bunch for sure. Yeah, haven't done that in a while. But yeah, I think it's it's I guess <laughs> life on the line. <laughs> this week's not super interesting mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who who listen for the first time. It's a theoretical 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 tournament if you win you live if you lose you die and we have to bring one deck for the formats we talked about um i guess we could do pioneer even though we haven't talked about pioneer if you had a pioneer week tournament this weekend what you would play um for modern i would play team of rhinos <laughs> shocking and for pioneer huh what have i been playing in pioneer nothing really i think in pioneer i would play i would just play ragdos midrange probably it was ntn copter and and um probably giganta and no shield red i was what about you? i was about to say the same i played a prelim yesterday with a giganta ragdos midrange and i went free one and i felt extremely powerful and uh, it was overall an enjoyable experience i haven't played a deck too much yeah it is very fun to play like nt copter yeah, with with like with Inti and Copter, you also get like ten aggressive two drops, so you just curve out much better than you used to. With just harvested and hoping for a harvester on turn two, maybe you had the misery misery shadow. And yeah. also now more discard outlets means that it's a better Croxa deck. You fill your graveyard better, and Croxa just mm -hmm. is also an incredible card. So good in every matchup. I feel like even in modern, I lose to that card a bunch. And also another thing about Ragdos in general, which is interesting to hear from you, for me. So whenever I, I play against Ragdos in Pioneer with anything and Ragdos plays Graveyard Trespasser against me, I feel like that's the strongest card ever. Do you share that <laughs> feeling? Yeah, when well, I played a bit of Phoenix recently too, but or against like when they played as you know you're playing a control deck and you're staring that on change the equation and Dobbins veto and you can't you can't counter trespasser. Yeah, but at the same time, I think I only had two or three in my list because I was playing some preachers and you have Fable, because because they do get probably slightly worse in multiple, but yeah, the the first trespasser is, is yeah, for, really good. Uh, for me, whatever I play, be it phoenix or amalia because i'm hoping to assemble a graveyard for my return to the ranks or i'm playing 
incarnation and I just you know try to remove the creatures with chain to the rocks then I have to pay the war discard a card yeah. or just get beaten up senselessly by the flipped for horror <laughs> because I have no alternative place I just always seem to be bullied pretty hard by a graveyard trespasser and it feels to me like it's the best card ever which is and triggered in a mirror too which is which is like not the feeling that is maybe shared by everyone because i think whenever i i, I watch misplaced ginger who streams mostly pioneer Agdos midrange right he always gets asked by people hey can i cut the trespasser can we trim on them they're so bad they're so bad but i i don't know i just have the opposite experience to like the common yeah common one here i just see a trespasser and i uh, my just my heart just sinks yeah. so life on the line pioneer trespasser city ragdos midrange with giganta yeah. and modern well as we spoke earlier it is yeah. ti titan time yeah um well uh i guess as always if you made it this far thank you so much for listening um canister where can we find you online on twitch.tv slash canister underscore mtg or on my youtube which is canister yeah you're getting into the youtube shorts game too that's that's pretty cool yeah i've been doing them them for a while i i think they're pretty well done and pretty informative occasionally yeah. so i recommend them i agree kind of ins inspired me a bit maybe maybe i'll start i mean i also see that i mean i haven't been doing it but some nice edited youtube content or some shorts all that good stuff um yeah you can find me you know obviously me and cancer not this weekend we'll be in in ghent in belgium but in general twitch.tv slash yellow hat um and you know of course uh, you know if you want to support us there that's cool you know we talked about the patreon but also if you just you know sub sub to the sub to the twitch channel that can be you know maybe you don't want to do both or can't so um that you know also helps if you you know if you like canister's youtube shorts or his facebook content you know that's you can can go uh, drop him a, a sub especially if you have like amazon prime or whatnot on on his switch channel that that helps it's you know it all adds up when when you do content creation um you know the you know we, we realize you can't support like every everything we do but every bit helps so yeah thank you so much for watching if you're in Ghent this weekend come and say hi uh, have a great week and see you all next time.